This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle please get in touch with us on our facebook page follow us like us whatever it takes we would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as i know this industry is capable of morning Doug. good to see you again yeah gordon how's it going it's all right i'm a bit bit edgy about uh, uh, discussion with Oresti this morning, you know, the golden Greek, because <laughs> I'm just saying, to, I, you know, I'm just saying this before we start recording, because Olympiakos took Arsenal out of the Europa Cup. And uh, I'm just hoping Oresti is polite enough not to draw my attention to that. But beyond the apprehension yeah. about the Europa Cup and Olympiakos fans, I, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, excellent. Oh, well, that's great. Nice to see you again, as always. And uh, another exciting, interesting episode. Yep, and today we have got with us the CEO of Ornico Group, Oresti Patricios. Uh, Oresti uh, is a really interesting character. I mean, he has been part of the media, particularly media TV scene from day one. I got a quiz for him. I'm going to give him a little chance to think mm-hmm. about it. What was the first TV commercial in South Africa? But uh, Doug, I know you've got lots of questions to throw to Oresti, so I'm going to toss it back to you. Yeah. Thanks, Gordon. And I think, Oresti, thanks very much for taking the time. Uh, you know, we, we like to get interesting guests. And again, you know, to our listeners out there, please uh, make notes, get involved. And a little bit later on, we'll ask Oresti for his contact details. And, you know, as Gordon and I always say, be part of the conversation and get a hold of us. Oresti, just before we get into some of the main items, just for people perhaps not that familiar with, with Ornica, what do you guys do? If you can just give us a sort of uh, top line view of, of your services and... Uh, uh, and what value you add to the industry. Cool. So um, b- brands are consistently looking at um, competitive information to see what, what their competitors are ultimately doing. They're looking at their reputation and trying to understand what is the rep- what, what, what is their reputation in the media. Um, and also the discussions on social media, what are people saying about either their brand or their competitive brand. So what we do is we monitor advertising, um, PR, digital, uh, social, and we put all this data together and we give insights to brands 
across either trends that are happening, the reputation, the competitors, um, positioning, messages, and all the rest of that stuff, as well as spend. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's basically what it is. Hmm. Okay, and, and I mean, that's, yeah, and I guess, you know, probably a leading question, you know, we've we've been chatting to quite a few people over the last while in terms of, of markets and media, um, and I guess as things get tougher, and we don't know when, the end of of the end is you know i guess people are going to be drawing more and if they're not i urge marketers out there to get involved you know get onto unica's site find out their range of services and just be more scientific you know gordon it goes back to a discussion we had last week and i think the week before in terms of the place of the ceo at the table uh and yes yeah real insights and uh and and data that should be used yeah i mean uh I think the important thing is, is, is context and ending arresty. I mean, you've been tracking TV commercials. Here's the, the question. Okay, what was the first TV commercial in South Africa? Uh, Big T Burgers. And yes, we've got every single TV commercial that ever fly through <laughs> this country in our database anyway. So. It's, it's quite extraordinary. I mean, they, they, when I say from day one, I mean literally day <laughs> one. And, and Oresti, just to digress for a moment, it was, when did we have newcomers? Was it like on a Tuesday? You recorded everything and then you released it or kind of a week later. And we would all sit around the boardrooms and agencies and go through these reels. And you really understood beyond the numbers what your competitors were doing. I mean, it was an amazing, uh, amazing offering at the time. Yeah, look at this. Yeah, we, we, we recorded it off SABC because remember there was only SABC at the time, not one, two, and three. It was just SABC. Um, and um, yeah, we recorded it on a Monday and then we kind of distributed it out to the agencies, I think, on the Tuesday. So maybe you guys in the agencies kind of watched it on the Tuesday, but yeah, it was on a Monday for about an hour. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. But then, you know, as as the the, the, the market expanded and there were more, more television stations, and then um, uh, MNET came on stream, it was really difficult to to kind of just do it from just recording on a one-hour basis on a Monday morning. But you, you're going pretty granular now, so we'll talk about how you go about collating that information uh, in a while. But, I mean, you've been tracking very closely the whole kind of spend pattern, obviously, for the year, but you've got a really good lens on, on what's been happening during uh, sort of a COVID lockdown. Uh, the, the global norm that uh, I was picking up from, uh, from Walk was 75% as a budget cutback. Last week, we chatted a bit with Chris Berta. He was saying possibly between the range of 50 to 60%. Are you pick, what, what are you picking up in terms of, before we get into the detail, the macro spend pattern? How, ba- how bad is it? So, so yeah, of course, um, re- remember that, that, that brands cannot spend money that they don't have. And I know you, we often talk about um, brands need to keep advertising in, um, in, in, a, in a recession. But there's a practical side of, of of spending as well. When your when your uh, branches are closed, whether it's famous brands, Spur, uh, the SA breweries, or any of these guys, if, if if they can't distribute and they can't get it out to the consumer, why advertise at the end of the day? So, um, so even without the numbers, it's it's obvious that the that that spend would go down. So um, it's kind of um, yeah. So spend has gone down. There's no there's absolutely no doubt about it. I did send you a a little graph on on the number of new ads that were uh, produced, uh, at least in the in the uh, fast food industry, and you've seen how that's dramatically um, crashed, specifically in what was it in April? Started doing a little bit of an uptick in May, I think, is in anticipation of um, the opening. 
Um, I suspect if we kind of look at July figures, it probably would have came down, come down again. So we'll see what happens at the end of this month. Yeah, and I think, you know, just looking at that that infographic that you shared with us and, and it's on your website. I mean, for those listeners out there, if you want to see the dramatic effect on just one sector, go and look at that, that infographic on, on the Unica site. I mean, I'm just looking at the TV spend numbers in front of me here. Jan, you were saying 70 million, Feb, 100, 110, 103 in March, and then all the way down to 8.7. So from 103 to 8.7, then up slightly to 21. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just unbelievable, those numbers. Yeah, there are. I mean, that's that, that's the reality. But just remember that, and we've been looking at the rate cards. The rate card spend hasn't hasn't really changed. But I suspect that the negotiation that's happened behind the scenes has also been a lot more robust. Mm. I suspect that the, the brands are probably getting a lot more discount, even though, I mean, they always got discounted. So those rate cards are not, sure. so that spend is not a real yeah. spend. Yeah. Um, so, so, but I think it's even less, it, it could be even less than that at the end of the day because of the, because yeah. of the um, negotiations. Absolutely. I mean, so so just by way of tracking it, you, you're picking that up with transmit as, as as rate card spend per on a spot by spot basis. Is that how you compile that? Yeah. No, no, we don't. So, we, we, so Gordon, you probably don't know um, because you really know us from an advertising and television perspective. Yes. But we cover, we cover the PR side as well. So um, what happens is that we have to, we get all the rate cards from um, all the, the, the media owners and we put it into our system. Um, so we track the ad spend, but also what we do is we track um, a, a PR value, which they call advertising value equivalent. Mm. So it kind of works on the same uh, dimensions. Um, so yeah, we track it completely ourselves. We actually put in the rate cards on a daily basis from all the media owners and we track it from there. So it's a lot more uh, comprehensively uh, inclusive, which, which, which is interesting. But yes, I mean, I would imagine that, that you know, we've always had this issue around uh, supply-driven, uh, I mean, uh, demand-driven inflation. So yes, I mean, I, if I was in the buying space, I wouldn't be getting out of bed for the same discount I was you know, accepting in Jan, Feb. That, that's a given. <laughs> but just as an aside, Doc, before I lob it back to you, uh, I'm just on my hobby horse here again, now, the, the breakdown of newcomers by language for the fast food sector is really, really interesting. So here it is, by language, um, English and Africa, well, there's a 474 English commercials. Then we go to English and Zulu mixed, 13, Afrikaans, 7, English and Sutu, 6. And so we go closer, 3. I mean, this is driving me around the bloody twist here. I mean, how can we keep on producing commercials exclusively in English and hope mm. to be communicated into the heart of, of, of the country? Oresti, I mean, is this typical? Are we making no progress on this thing? So, no, no. I mean, if you look at it across industries, I think it is um, um, it's like that. And Gordon, it's kind of fascinating actually, and this has been a debate so you, I don't know if you know, but I was involved in the Partnership for Possibilities and I was involved in a school in, in Alex. And we built this partnership with the, with the principal. And one of the frustrating things I said to him, I said, well, hold on a second. You know, I mean, you, you're teaching these, these guys in English specifically, and it, isn't it problematic? And the principal turned around to me, Sally Moela, amazing, amazing, amazing principal. He says to me, yeah, but what I teach the guys, he says, in the old days, it was easy because everybody in my school was, was Zulu. 
Whereas now I have so many people from different from different backgrounds. It would be ideal to, to to teach in a home language, but it's more difficult to do that. What is the home language I need to actually um, uh, teach in? Because I've also got people from um, Zimbabwe, I've got people from Ghana, I've got people from South Africa, but I also Zulu, Sutu, South Sutu. So I, I think we've got such a complex society. It's uh, yeah, it, it, it's a problematic. Yeah, it's just for me, you know, the, it, we have this discussion regularly about transformation, you know, and transformation, the legal process, I understand you tick a box, you get a couple of points and, yeah. you know, you pocket the difference kind of thing. But the real transformation in advertising for me isn't even, hasn't even really begun. Um, and yeah. it concerns me that even though we're getting young people into agencies who you think might be pushing back against this kind of scenario, they don't seem to have the muscle but i'm digressing i'm going to lower it back to to doc he's got I, 10 I, pages I, of questions have a, have a discussion <laughs> on this actually <laughs> yeah. yeah i think you're right because you're right i think there, there needs to be a lot more transformation and i think it, it it should really start at grassroots and so um some of the young kids actually building their own agencies and i think it's our responsibility to actually help them out there but you're right we digress and maybe it's a different conversation yeah, it is. But I think it's it's such an important one. And, you know, Gordon, and I know you're passionate and we've had guests on, you know, through uh, the last year or so talking specifically both from a creative point of view as well as a media placement. And hopefully one day, you know, we'll get better at that. And I think one of the areas perhaps where one can get a bit more granular is is social media in terms of, of, of its reach and, and, and language and all the rest of it. And Aresti, you guys produced quite a comprehensive social media report. I mean, would you mind just taking us again through some of the highlights of that and I know it's a I mean it's a very very detailed report just some of the highlights that would stand out and why people should get on your site and and download and, and read that report you're listening to the dark and the guru proudly brought to you by infinity media yeah I, I, well the, the, the reality about this is that it's a, what makes this different is that it's a forward-looking report. So we've asked digital agencies and digital departments in brands um, to, um, to to kind of answer questions on the future. Where will they be putting money behind in the next year? Which platforms will they be, you know, et cetera. Mm, so, it's, yeah. so it's a questionnaire in the future. And, and, and there was some um, really interesting um, outtakes of it. N number one is how... Um, the bigger platforms, um, uh, the brands were looking at actually not not, not spending as much money in in, in terms of um, these platforms. Remember, the critical thing is this was before COVID. Mm -hmm. So we were supposed to launch it on the 30th of March. So the research it was already was already done. I suspect if we have to take it now, it could be a little bit different because mm -hmm. a lot of people have moved on to online. But yeah. so so but the interesting thing was how. Um, there, there was a, um, uh, um, we started a, a substantial uh, drop in engagement from the previous year on the general platforms. Mm. There was LinkedIn seemed to have kind of um, the intent of using LinkedIn had kind of grown by 31 percent. And I thought that was um, but Arthur and I who produced this report. Mm. We thought that was really, really interesting because it's um, and, and it's really um, the, the, the growth kind of also happened from a small business owner perspective and i think that shows where the real growth is in terms of if we want to really turn our economy around mm. um is in that small space and um, the small um, enterprise small entrepreneur 
um, kind of space. And I think that's where we need to really kind of look at. So that's the one thing. I think um, uh, TikTok was almost non-existent among the brands. I bet you if I have to um, uh, uh, interview people now and do this research now, it would probably kind of grow a lot more. Um, so I didn't say it wasn't non-existent. It was virtually non-existent. Um, but also what does the other interesting thing is how um, the proportion of band spending had also decreased. Uh, so would you spend 10,000, specifically that 10,000 category mm. had decreased from um, 65 to 55. Yeah. Um, as, but also how some of the some of the guys had just, some of the brands had just taken themselves off Twitter and Facebook. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, trust has become a, a, a massive uh, issue. And, and I would love to see in, in, in a future report um, or, or even in your in your tracking, you know, uh, if you've got some amazing metrics here, daily volume of coverage, all that kind of stuff is there. It's really user friendly and, and 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 very inviting. But I'd love to see somewhere a trust index that would be extraordinary. So I mean, TikTok for me, it's an absolute it's an absolute bloody mystery. It's like watching Western Province rugby. I have no <laughs> idea what what is going on and why it should be appealing to anybody whatsoever. But I mean, if if if, if I could, I mean, I look at the volume and I get an answer, but if I could put a trust component on that volume, I'd get a very different answer. I'd love to see the trust uh, playing out in, in, in all these different media metrics. Um, do, do you know yeah. what is really interesting, though, Gordon, in terms of the, um, the looking at positive and negative, because it's got nothing to do with trust, so it's a completely different metric. But from a gut feel perspective, we would all think that Twitter is completely negative. And yet, when we looked at the sentiment, 61% um, of conversations um, in Twitter was actually positive, which really surprised us, I must say. Wow. I mean, just just, just take us through that metric, 61% positive. Uh, did you uh, use a global benchmark sentiment. or how did you benchmark no. it? No, this was, this was South African. So because um, we monitor the South African Twitter feeds at the end of the day, for specifically for our brands. Um, etc. Okay. 61% of the conversations that we looked at um, were, were, were positive. Okay, right. That's interesting. But I mean, I, I can understand that, you know, because the algorithm serves me what I want to see and, and what I want to hear, I perceive my feed to be positive in the sense that it affirms me all the time. But that, that is an interesting stat. It's not one I would have guessed yeah. at, that's for sure. Yeah, us as well. We thought that was really unusual. Um, yeah. Are you talking, you know, coming back to the, the positive, you know, we, obviously one of the interesting sides of, of the advertising activity over the past couple of months is not just the volume, but, but the patterns of, of communication. What are the themes that are emerging? Um, we chatted uh, a, a week or two back with Jeremy Sampson, and he was talking about, you know, uh, brands that are surviving have got to uh, – have got to be relevant to me, you know. Yeah, are you picking up any shifts in creativity um, in the last couple of months as a theme no. of the actual content itself of the of the ads? No, no. There, there are certain themes that are kind of coming out, but I don't know if um, the ads are more or, 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 or less creative. And remember that creativity is such a subjective um, paradigm at the end of the day. So I think that's. They, the reality is I think we're all trying to get get used to um, the consumer behavior. The, 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 the reality is advertisers um, will follow audience at the end of the day. Um, but but, but this, 
that, that's a simplistic, um, simplistic statement because we all know that advertising, more people have gone onto television, let's say, for instance. But it doesn't necessarily mean there's been more advertising on television because there's other dynamics that, um, that, that inhibit um, the increase in ad spend. GDP has kind of come down. The people's spending has come, come down. So um, shops have been closed. So there's so many other dynamics around where the spending is happening or, or not and where, where it's happening. So, and also, um, in, in terms of the programmatic buying, is uh, brands don't want to be seen against negative um, content like COVID, but so much of that information, as you've seen from my infographic, so much of that information is about COVID. So, so, so there's so much around, you know, everybody thinks, you know, this is a simple industry, but, and it's kind of, can get quite, quite scientific when you're looking at so many different um, aspects. So to answer your question, um, at, at the end of the day, I think Advertising is, there's less advertising. In terms of trends, there are a number of trends that are, that are happening. Creativity makes it a little bit more difficult because it's much harder to think of a simple idea than a more complex idea. And it's easy to throw money at creativity and create this big um, Ben-Hur than to do something simple and get creative. Um, but I think some of, the, some of the really cool stuff that's happening is how how... Um, social media is being used a lot more. Um, I think it's cheaper. I, I don't know if you've seen some of that chicken licking stuff that's happening. Um, so you can launch it on on Twitter or, or on social media. Do a 60 second, a one minute, a two minute, uh, you know what I mean? Mm. You can do a one minute um, a TV commercial on Twitter, which you can't really do on television anymore because it becomes really, really pricey. Yeah. So guys are kind of um, playing with um, playing with that, uh, the McDonald's CEO coming on um, and taking a video and coming on to, um, onto so the social media platforms. We don't really see him doing that on television or traditional way of doing stuff. Um, I think government is spending government is spending a lot more money um, and time, whether it's on social media, whether it's on the traditional media, um, and, and increasing that ad spend from that perspective because I've got to give some social messages out there. Um, and that's becoming uh, that's becoming uh, kind of critical. But also, our human behavior moving onto onto the zooms like we're doing now, to the go to meetings, go hangouts. And I'm I'm wondering whether whether I mean we we thought that WhatsApp wouldn't be um, wouldn't be taken over by brands and commercialization, and yet it has. Mm. So maybe maybe Zoom and what and these guys might at some point in time as well, because that's where we are. Um, yeah, yeah. I so think, those are some of the changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, Aristi. I think it's it's exactly, and I guess you know, it's always, you know, you look back at moments in time, and I guess all of our lives, and at that particular moment, you think that brand or that business is for keeps. You know, I look back right at the beginning of of my career in the cell phone business, um, and it was Motorola. You know, Motorola was was forever. Then suddenly, overnight, it was Nokia. It was we had a slogan, Nokia or nothing. You know, and it went through. And and today, you know, as you say, suddenly, you know, Skype was around, the Skype business, and Skype was around a lot longer than Zoom. But suddenly now, it's Zoom is used as you know, we'll just do a Zoom call. You know, as as yeah. as a descriptor. So I think it's quite interesting to see how that, as you say, how that human behavior will change. 
Um, and just talking, I mean, your point of inserting brands in, I mean, if I look at Gordon, a few weeks ago we had uh, Calvin uh, yeah, from, from Nielsen. In terms of eSports, and you look at how that's become a branded property, you know, gone are the computer games of, you know, 10, 10 say, years ago where people would play whatever game they'd play. Uh, today it's a fully branded, you know, in-game branding. The pitches are branded. The kit is branded. So, yeah, I guess, you know, brands do have a way of kind of moving with the times to find out what that, as you say, what that consumer behavior is and uh, and then follow it and and, and i guess follow the, the the money yeah the the pwc report uh, tracks uh, e-gaming as the fastest growing advertising sector in the world for like two three years in a row now it's, it's off a small base but but it is growing like crazy Oresti, you you're going to chip in there i think yeah i was going to chip in we don't we're not we, we're kind of tracking um th- th- that there's a growth but we're not really tracking any of the brands and who's really advertising and what what they're putting behind and you know you know behind those um uh th- those esports mm. you know which could be kind of quite interesting and it is from a small base but so is so is digital it started off on a small base mm. um yeah and absolutely and, and now it's 60 percent of the base you know in in north america and probably 25 to 30 percent in south africa but coming back to the ben here the ben her thing i mean we've talked in the past about the microsoft report which showed that the attention span of the average consumer is is diminishing. Um, so what used to take 12 seconds in, in, you know, I think 2011, you know, to assimilate now takes eight. Um, so we, we it's, it's, there are two factors at play. One, we, we are less inclined to, 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 to focus. And two, there's a positive upside. We, we can extract information more efficiently. So, I mean, should we not be thinking in terms of claim banner? You know, I mean, how do we do a banner 120? I was just trying to visualize this. I mean, if you were doing a 120 commercial on my YouTube feed, I want to count on the top left-hand side, which is counting down 120, 190, and 18. And then I want you on the other side to have another counter, which is every little sort of uh, bit of data that it's contributing. So the longer I watch, and if I could just watch my data going up, you know, I I think I'd, I'd lock in for 120. But beyond that, do people, is there enough evidence to suggest anyone will stay in a 120? No, no, I don't, I don't think I don't. I don't think so. But no one will stay in a five seconder either. That's also to true. YouTube, how often do you want to yeah. um, click off yeah. before the five seconds is up? Mm. Um, so I, I don't think that I don't think the basics of advertising has changed. A good story is always critical at the end of the day. So whether it's a five second that kind of grabs you right up front, or a sixty second, a good story and a creative. Um, story uh, uh, is still absolutely critical. Whether we say wait and stay the 60 seconds, I, I agree with you, I doubt. Um, but it depends on the message, it depends on, on what they're saying, and it depends if it kind of grabs you. Yeah, look, I mean, I've got, I've got a black belt and baby shark, I mean, because that's what <laughs> grandpas do. We do baby shark. And I can tell you that the little fingers, whether I'm talking about the four-year-old or the two-year-old, those fingers are hitting the you know, bypass the TVC at yeah. that age. They really know what to do to make make it all go away so we can do Baby Shark again. Doug, on that high note, Baby Shark, Baby Shark, <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm going to hand over to the Daddy Shark over there. Yeah, Gordon, thanks very much. And, and again, Resty, just from, from our side in closing, you know, thanks very much for your time. If you can, please tell us what is the easiest way, the best way for people to get hold of you? So they can go onto um, our site, um, ornico.co.za, um, or they can uh, 
contacted me directly at oresti at ornicagroup.co.za and I'll pass it on to the, the right kind of people because, um, yeah, I'm not normally the right kind of person. <laughs> Thanks, Oresti. And again, you know, just for, for marketers out there and, and people wanting to get a little bit of uh, a bit more insight and a bit more scientific. You know, we've spoken at length now for many, many years, not just on this podcast, but I mean, for many years about, you know, being able to justify the spend. And, and as things toughen up, you know, and get tough at least, and we don't know when it's going to end, I certainly urge you to get onto to Onika's site, understand what they do, and at least arm yourself better when you're next in that conversation, invariably with the CFO or the CEO, or for that matter, the chairman of your group. So, Resty, from our side, thanks very much. Uh, I really uh, appreciate your time. Um, and no, uh, Thank you, Gordon. Thanks a lot. Oh, you're welcome. It's really good to have you. And again, just to encourage anybody out there to go to the Ornico site. Uh, there's some really, really well-packaged and insightful information there. Um, please fire back any questions to us, whether it's on our uh, owner platforms or on the Facebook page. Uh, platform we'd love to engage you in conversation and Oresti to you um, thank you for not uh, <laughs> raising the Olympiacos issue um, very very uh, generous spirited of you and uh, drink Uza and stay calm my brother thank you very much yeah. and you asked too many questions if you had left it open for a sec I would have commented but <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it Doc, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Thanks, Oresti. Ciao, Thanks, everybody. guys. Thank Cheers. Bye. Bye. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then for my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully, we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.